Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for your love and for your prayers and for your support and for loving me so much. This is a sign of love and I feel at home. I know Pastor David is not here, but he knows that I'm here. I'm feeling his shoes this morning. Amen? Amen. Uh, we ask you to pray for us. Uh, we started the early this year to submit our papers. Already the package is there. We are waiting for, you know, for the reply. So we need a lot of prayers that uh, our paperwork will land in the good hands. Amen? Someone who loves children, someone who loves America. Amen? Um, and then also you wanted the update about, you know, Lusaka School. I remember that many of you raised some money. When the choir was here on the tour, I think it was 2018, they were able to raise uh, some money around $200,000. And we were able uh, to break the ground and lay the foundation. They can give us those pictures now. The video of the school, yeah. So as you can see, the foundation is done. The foundation is done. And uh, that's now where we are standing. The houses, you see, those are our neighbors. The retaining wall, you see, that is our wall. So far, that's where we are. And we are believing God to, you know, to provide. Our budget uh, is not big. It's very small, you know, comparing to American budget. It's just $2 million. Uh, it's very small. So you pray that God will provide that money. Amen? Nothing is impossible with God. Mm -hmm. uh, that is Lusaka Center. Mm -hmm. Keep on. Uh, that is the Osaka Center right now. The place is too small, and uh, the, the children and the staff, over 700 people, they are congested in a tiny, tiny place. But we are believing God. Those are the kids in Osaka. They were already coming, some of you. That is Chitongo. Uh, those kids, they were welcoming groups from here. When you come, that's the way we are going to receive you. Uh, kids in Lusaka. That is the Lusaka right now. The place is not conducive for our children. And the government has been threatening, you know, to close us down. But because of the foundation of the building, now they know that we are building. That is the Lusaka uh, plan. That's how it's going to look. There we were break. That is that's the exactly once we are done, everything will look like that. Yeah. There we were breaking the ground. We had some people from here. Uh, and when we were breaking the ground. 
Uh, we are building a, a legacy. What we mean by that, a family or a business or an individual can decide to build a classroom block at Lusaka, and uh, we are going to name it after you or your family or your business. So we came up with that uh, idea, building a legacy that whoever will come after many years and they ask us where we got the money, we shall tell them that the money came from this gentleman, from this business, from this organization. That's what we call building a legacy. Uh, this is where we started from many years ago. Uh, we still have those kind of buildings up to now, but we thank God for, for the kind people, generous people who have been coming uh, because of the choir tour and put up permanent you know, classrooms. That one came from one church from Florida, and they were able to raise money and we put up that classroom block. On that day they came, they bought shoes, uh, sugar, food, and donated to the school. Uh, that is Chitongo. Uh, that block was donated by one lady, she's a teacher, but God has used her uh, powerfully to put up, you know, permanent, you know, classroom block. Uh, that is Chitongo. Uh, medical mission, how many were there last year, this year? Uh-huh. She can tell you the story. Please come and tell us what happened. Yeah, I don't need you to bite my tongue, you know. Come. Uh, they were able in five days to see 70,000 patients. Tell us what happened there. Uh, you see the American team working very hard. <laughs> now we are going to see. Many people, they ask me, is there any, um, anything to share with us like a praise report? This year, this year, God has blessed us that this year seven students were able to graduate from different universities. That is, that is, that is a big thing to us, seven students. But all these children were sponsored by different people and families. And right now, uh, in Kenya, we had the four children, uh, Jojo is known here, Anita, Bruno and Tony. Bruno is majoring in music. He wants to be a professional um, guy who can compose songs, write them and train them. Anita, she wants to be a, a film star. Uh, Giorgio, a designer, and Tony Aviation. Now we are going to see um, a short video about Tony. Amen. Um, those are the few things I wanted, you know, just to share with you before we go into the word of the Lord. And you can see uh, the power of sponsoring a child and the power of bringing the children here. If Mutebi had not come here, he, he wouldn't get that, you know, vision. But when he was on the plane, he became curious and said, no, I think I need to become a pilot. So when he told me that he wants to be, to be a pilot, I said, okay, if that is your dream, 
you have to work so hard, be good at mathematics, geography, and uh, math, geography, and physics. And the boy worked so, so hard. Right now he's in Kenya because they have a good school uh, of uh, aviation. It is very expensive, but God, you know, provides. Uh, many children right now, people, they're asking me, how many numbers do you have? Right now in primary, we have 4,026. Uh, in high school, this year, uh, 295. In vocational school, they're 19. University, they're 31. So our numbers are growing and growing. And um, people, they ask me, do you have any funding? And I always tell them that uh, God is the source of our provision. And then God chooses whom he wants to use. So people here in America, you have done so much to make a difference in the lives of our children and you are transforming your families and the community, and eventually Uganda one day will look like America. I bring you greetings from my wife, Hopkins. People, they ask me, do you, have, do you have a wife? Yes, I do. Do you miss her? Yes, I do. Do you have sons? Yes, I do. Uh, I have two sons. Sam Stock said, the choir director, he got married this year in January with a beautiful girl. Her name is Joy. And the last born is Timothy. He's in the second year in university. So those are the two boys I have. But in my family, I have so many kids. If you come to my house, as an American, you will not be able to bear it. Because I have so many kids, you know, 20, 18. Uh, the noise is going on, and Americans, they don't like noise. <laughs> uh, I've learned that they want everything to be. <laughs> and when I'm talking, I'll try not to scream, but you pray for me. Amen? <laughs> so let us go in the word of God. Um, they have read to us. Uh, Pastor David asked me, which scripture to share with you, what the word of God share with you. And today we want to talk about, you know, laborers because the harvest is plant. Amen? So go with me in the word of God. Already we read from there. The Bible says that Jesus went about all the cities and villages, taking their synagogues, preaching the gospel, of the kingdom and are healing every sickness and every disease among the people. We thank God for the gift of salvation and we thank God for sending his only begotten son because the, the, the years he was with us here, he was able to feel the same way we were feeling. And the Bible tells us that in every city, in every town, in every village, in every community he went, he found some 
sick people. But the good news that all the sick people he came across here, according to what Matthew wrote down, the sick people all were healed. Because there were times when he could go to a community, he could go to a city, he could go to area, and heal every sick person and those who had the diseases, they left his presence when they were happy, when they were rejoicing. And then, you read one time that he, he went to the pool and he found so many uh, sick people and healed one man who was there for 38 years. Imagine someone to be in a condition like that for 38 years. Those are many years, and those are the kind of people who had, the, who had lost hope. So he went about, you know, doing good, healing the sick people, uh, setting people free, because that was his mission to set us free from the bondage, uh, from, from the bondage of, of sin, from the bondages of disease and sickness, to set man free. Because God created us in his own, uh, his own image and likeness. And God wants us to be well. But the greatest gift God wants us, all of us to have, is the gift of salvation. That is the greatest, greatest, greatest gift. Because that one, no one can take it away from you. God can heal your body today. You can be well. God can use doctors to treat you and you'll be well. But remember, we are here for a short time. If uh, God allows you, you can live, you know, 200 years maybe. But most of us, I don't think we can make it to 200, maybe 150, 120, I don't know. Amen? But we are here temporarily for a short time. But there is something which is internal. That gift of salvation, that's, that is what brought Jesus here to give us that everlasting, everlasting life. And as well as healing our bodies, our minds, and our souls. Then, that was the mission of Jesus. Healing the sick, uh, setting people free, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And you remember he told us in his word that when we pray every day, pray that your kingdom come, your will be done. Amen? As Jesus was preaching the gospel, moving from city to city, town to town, community to community, on this very day, on verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with the compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like a sheep having no shepherd. We want to find out what made Jesus successful when he was here. As we read it this morning, and as we are reading God's word, God has called you, God has called me to be a laborer to be a work with God. Because you and I, we cannot do this work without him. 
without him. Without God, nothing can be done. No one can come to God. You remember what Jesus said? Unless my father draws someone closer to him, no one can come to God. But remember, today, Jesus is not here, but Jesus is living inside of you. You are the hands of Jesus. You are the arms of Jesus. You are the body of Jesus. And you remember what the Apostle Paul said, that we are God's temple. Right now, God is dwelling in you. Jesus is living in you. And the Apostle Paul said that we are God's ambassador. And God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. So, if we are representing God, we are representing Jesus on the planet Earth with the help of the Holy Spirit, many people, we want to find out what made Jesus successful. Because we see that everywhere Jesus went, people could come to him like flies. I want to use that word flies. People were flocking, coming to Jesus. Every person with his problem, they brought them to Jesus. Amen? How do you feel today? The people around us, in our area, in our city, in our community, those who have problems, how do you feel? If every, every person with their problems, they're coming to you, how do you feel? Are you ready to meet the needs of those people? If every person comes to you, those have emotional problems, domestic problems, financial problems, marriage problems, problem after problem, problem after problem, problem after problem. Those, you know, the sick people, of all kinds of people. When Jesus was here, people were coming to him. And the Bible tells us that on this day, the multitudes came to Jesus. And when Jesus saw them, the Bible tells us that uh, he was moved. He was moved with compassion. Because they were weary and scattered like a sheep without a shepherd. Uh, many of you here, you know the history about sheep. That sheep, they call them dump animals. You know, they call them dumb. Because sheep, you can take them, you know, anywhere. A blind sheep, if a blind sheep if, uh, uh, leads the others, it can lead them into the ditch. But Je when Jesus saw them, they were so weary, you know, scattered. They had no hope. They were beaten up. They had reached to the end of themselves. They had no hope. And no one could help them. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion. That is the element which I believe is lacking in the body of Christ. That once you see the need, once you see the people in sin, once you see the people who are hurting, people who are not the church, how do you feel? What comes up in your mind? Are you moved? Inside of you, is there, uh, is your heart, you know, melting, crying? Are you feeling something inside of you? 
Or once you see them, you feel, okay, it's okay. That's the way they decided to be. Are you moved inside of you? Do you feel that, uh, I don't know how I can, uh, I can describe it. It's like a mother seeing the, his baby about to touch the fire. What do the mother do? Do you, do you expect that mother to sit down? Oh, my baby is going to touch the fire. Can you leave your baby to touch the fire? That mother will jump and grab the baby and rescue her because the mother doesn't want to see her baby burnt by fire. Remember, brothers and sisters, there is fire. Because those who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord, if they die without receiving Jesus Christ, do you know where they're going to end up? In fire. They will be destroyed forever and forever. Is your heart moved by God? Is your heart crying for your brothers and sisters in your family? Uh, your relatives, your cousins, your uncles, the people around us who are not in the church, is your heart moved? There is no way we can bring men and women in the kingdom of God until God does something inside of us. It must start inside of, of your heart, inside of your internal organ, that Every part of you, every being of you is touched by God. And, I, and you say, I cannot allow this boy, I cannot allow this girl to her life to be destroyed by the enemy. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that I rescue him or her from the kingdom of the enemy. Because there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of the enemy. And right now, those who are not here, those who are not in the church, those who are not saved by our Lord Jesus Christ, they're in the kingdom of the enemy. And the enemy uses them as he like. But the good news, Jesus Christ came. And he lived with us for three years and a half. And for the purpose, for one mission of going on the cross. And he was crucified. And he shed his precious blood. And that blood is waiting for men and women to make them clean. Whatever, whatever we have done in this world, whatever mess, whatever sins... It, with God, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because when we read in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, before he was named Paul, he was Saul. You remember on his way, on his way to Damascus, you know, persecuting the church and killing and torturing and doing all havoc. Jesus appeared to him. Jesus is the only person in this world who can change people's lives. It's only Jesus. As the church of Jesus Christ, this is the time we need to pray, Lord, 
I need the same heart, Jesus, you had when you were here. The same feeling, the way you were moved. Jesus was one, he was one man. But he was able to turn communities, cities, families, and homes back to God. The reason why God has saved us and brought us in the kingdom of God and he gave us a good pastor like Pastor David is to teach us the word of God and to equip us so that we can go and bring our brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God. Amen? There are so many people outside the church. What bothers me when I travel in, in some parts of the world is to find that the places which we are the church of God, right now, they have turned them into other stuff. Some of them now, they have bought them their mosques. But the problem, where is the church? Where is the Christian? The problem is we are lacking the, the compassion. So you and I, we need to pray that God, Give me your heart. Give me your spirit. Let my heart be after men and women who are dying, who are in sin, who are blind, who are in darkness. And Jesus went on, on verse 37, and he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers a few. Then in John, uh, John chapter 4, verse 23, we can read it there very fast. And we come back here, comparing these two verses. John uh, chapter 4, verse 23, it says, and the hour is coming, and now is, when the true, John chapter 4, yes. And the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit, and the truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. I was looking for the other verse, where Jesus said that uh, the harvest is plant. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry, I read, uh, but I know it's in John chapter 4, if you see that verse, oh, 35, okay, let us start from verse 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are ready, white, for the harvest. Jesus is telling us, lift your eyes. Look around. Look around and see. Jesus here used the language of the farmers. Many of you, uh, who grew on the farm because some Americans were farmers many years back. 
But nowadays, farming is done by big, you know, corporations. Those who grew on the farm, you know what happens, that when the time of harvest comes, what do you do? You have to go and harvest your crop. Because if you don't harvest, that those crops, all that crop will be wasted. So, Jesus is telling us that this is the time for harvest. And the harvest is talking about, is talking about the souls of the people. The people around us, our brothers and our sisters, our neighbors. God has given us a field to each one of us. At our workplace where you work, that is your field. And God is expecting you to bring the harvest from your workplace. The, the, the greatest problem for the church, it is silence. The enemy has zipped our mouth. And even at our workplace, not many people can talk about Jesus. Oh, oh, Brother Moses, the name Jesus. What's the problem with the name of Jesus? Eh? One of our sponsored uh, children is right now, two of them, they're in India. Her name is Gloria, Kelo, and Vivian, they're in India. And they, they go to a Hindu university. But Gloria told me that he, she called her and said, Moses, do you know what I've done? She goes with her Bible at the school, and she does it on purpose. When she reaches at school, the first thing she put there with her books is her Bible. That is to witness to them, I am a Christian, I'm saved, I'm born again. Brothers and sisters, you can find a way of preaching the gospel to other people. I know that nowadays most people, they fear to walk over their Bible. They fear. But let me tell you, there is power in this book. There is life in this book. There is peace in this book. There is joy in this book. There is healing in this book. There is deliverance in this book. Everything we need from God, it's here. But we Christians, we, the enemy has brought so much fear. He has intimidated us so much that we don't have even a freedom to tell the people at our workplace, even our friends, even our family members, that Jesus Christ is the Lord, that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that you need Jesus Christ. Amen. And he said, lift up your eyes. This is the time as the church of Jesus Christ to lift up our eyes and see what is going on around us. Every person believes that we are living in the last days. But you remember, Jesus said that he will not come back until the gospel of the kingdom is preached to everyone and in every language. Jesus will not come back. Many Christians say, oh, Jesus is coming back. But if you want Jesus to come back, 
Let me tell you, you need to do one thing. Share Jesus Christ with other people. Jesus will not come back until every person on planet earth has heard the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Has every person heard the good news about Jesus? Amen? So Jesus is telling his disciples, the harvest is planned. The harvest is there. Those people will think that they are living a sinful life. God doesn't see them as sinners. God sees them as the harvest. They are ready. They are ripe. But they are waiting for someone. Because the harvest cannot harvest itself. You are farmers. The harvest, they wait, they wait for someone to harvest. I was in Indiana. And I saw these big machines. They amazed me. They were harvesting, you know, corn. May it's corn. And I said, Lord, I've never seen this in Uganda. Whereby a big machine can harvest 500 acres in a day. But the farmers were working from morning to midnight. Because they don't want their crops, you know, to spoil them. God is having you is having me and is waiting for you and is waiting for you and for me to reach out to our brothers and sisters. Let me tell you, those people, they fear to come here because the enemy tells them that the church doesn't like you. You don't belong to the church. Those are holy people. You don't belong there. Don't go to, to church right now. There are so many people who don't come to church because they feel that they don't belong here. It's you and me to move out there with compassion, with love, and you tell them, Jesus loves you. The greatest message of the gospel is in John 3.16 that so God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son Whosoever believes in him will never perish. God's love is still out there. My sister and the others who came for medical camp, they were giving the love of Jesus through, through medical, through action. Even Muslims came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord because they were some people who were willing to love on them. Amen? If we love our brothers and sisters, let us bring them in the kingdom of God. And Jesus went on and he said, Therefore, therefore, pray the Lord of, of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now the challenge comes. Prayer. Jesus talks about prayer. You remember what helped Jesus Christ in his ministry? He lived a prayer life. Before Jesus started his ministry, he went in the desert for 40 days of prayer and fasting. Before Jesus chose the 12 disciples, when you read in Luke and Mark, 
He spent a whole night in prayer asking the Father, Father, my Father, you know the hearts of the people. Show me people that will work with me. For the whole night, he was on his knees. He was crying to God, Father, show me, Father, show me. Then in the morning, after spending the whole night in prayer, God showed him men who were going to work with him. And Jesus selected that one, that one, that one, that one. Jesus never depended on his wisdom, on his knowledge, on his ability. He depended entirely on God's will. And the Bible tells us when you read about the prayer life of Jesus, that it was his custom. Jesus could wake up very early in the morning and he could spend the time with God. And Jesus here is telling his disciples, the harvest is ready. The harvest is there. But remember, you cannot get that harvest and bring them in the kingdom of God without the help of God. And Jesus told his disciples, go to the own of the harvest. People, they belong to God. Devil doesn't have anyone. The mission of the devil is to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the mission. And he's doing that very well, of stealing, killing, and destroying. It's destroying our boys and our girls. It's destroying marriages. It's destroying families. His work is to steal, kill, and destroy. He's doing it very well. But as the church of Jesus Christ, we can rescue our brothers and sisters and we bring them in the hands of God in the kingdom of God. But Jesus said, pray. One time Jesus told his disciples, this kind does not go away unless you pray, unless you fast. Let me tell you, church, there are times when we need also to add on fasting and we pray to God and we cry to God for our brothers and our sisters, our children, uh, families and marriages which are breaking, you know, day and night. And Jesus said the harvest is bread, but unless you pray. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, harvest is there. People, they are waiting for you and me but they are waiting for a man and a woman sent by God. Unless God send you, you cannot send yourself. God knows the right people who are ready for, for the kingdom of God. When you pray, it is a sign that you are depending on God. You are not using your ability. You are not using your wisdom. But you are depending on God to lead you, to guide you to the right person. And God will give you the right message at the right time to speak to someone. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Is the message so complicated? It is very simple. I'm talking about to be 
a laborer, a worker, a co-worker with God. There is nothing beautiful in this world than working with God. To become a co-worker with God. Getting all your instructions from him. Because God knows the hearts of the people. He knows everyone. We are over six billion plus. But God knows each one of us. He knows each one's struggle. He knows each one's sins. He knows, you know, he knows everyone. From A to Z, he knows. But if we depend on God, God will lead us. God will guide us when we seek the face of God. When we cry for our, our families, for our cities, for our children, for our families, for our land, God will give us the harvest. Let me tell you, brothers and, and sisters, this is the message I tell our children. That the greatest gift in this world, number one, is Jesus Christ. That is the greatest gift. Any person who doesn't have Jesus Christ as his Lord is empty. Is empty. People have tried to feed the, 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 the virtue and to get satisfied with the things of this world. No way. It's only Jesus Christ who can satisfy our souls. Is the Prince of Peace until Jesus Christ comes in our heart and live inside, inside we, in us and be with us, we will never be satisfied with the things of this world. Jesus is the answer. He's the only one who can give us hope. He's the only one who can lead us and guide us because we need someone to guide us and to lead us daily in this life. Because life is full of challenges. But with Jesus Christ, he can show you the way. He can guide you. He can direct you. Amen? And another thing I tell my, my children, that another gift God has given us, which you must love, love your education. Because when you love your education, you'll never be disappointed in this world. As I, as I wind up, my time has, uh, is, is almost over. This is America. <laughs> God is calling us to be labelers. Amen? God is calling you, God is calling me to bring someone in the kingdom of God. I want to challenge you that we are left with in November and in December, almost 45 days to Christmas. Will you be able to cry to God and say, Lord, at least give me one soul. At least give me one harvest. Give me someone to bring in the kingdom of God. Every Sunday and every time you come to church, do you invite someone to a Bible study? Just invite your friend. We are having women's Bible study. Please, would you come and join us? Do you invite people to come to the Bible study? Do you invite people to come to you with you to church? Or you just come alone? The reason why we don't invite them 
our hearts are not yet moved by God. We need God to touch our hearts, to move our hearts, that when we see these people, we see them with the eyes of God. But when we see them as sinners, these are evil people, we don't come near to them, they are so bad, then we are building a wall. But when you, you start to see these people with the eyes of God, you say, oh my, I never knew that this is the harvest. I never knew that God loved these men and women, these teenagers, these boys in the kingdom of God. My brother and my sister, the message I want to leave with you, God is calling you to bring men and women in the kingdom of God. You are God is an ambassador. You are representing God. Jesus is not here. You are here to bring men and women in the kingdom of God. What about if every person here could bring one person on Sunday? How many are we going to be? And then the next Sunday, everyone brings this place will be too small for us. You remember the first church? They were 120. The next day when the Holy Spirit came, they were 3,000. The next day they were 5,000. Within two years, they were able to spread the gospel. Amen? God has given us a chance. America, take advantage on this door God has opened for you to take the message to our brothers and our sisters. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. May God bless you all.